Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. You have a word for us, and you never fail. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to speak today. Use me to be a blessing to your people. Put your words in my mouth. Let me speak your heart to your people. And let me speak under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Open our hearts. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen, amen. Uh, we missed service on Sunday, and we thank God for that. Uh, that service went well. Uh, everybody was excited. I had the service ended on time because I wasn't there. <laughs> That's good. And I said, uh, maybe it's because the Holy Spirit doesn't come down as much when <laughs> pastor is not there. <laughs> like what happened this morning, you see, we went longer in the service. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Some people suggested maybe I need to go out there once a month. I think that would be lovely. So the service can end. My daughter told me many people didn't show up in church. One of the first things my daughter says that is I see people just say, Pastor is not around and they didn't show up. I hope you are not one of them. Amen. But it's good to be back. Today I'm going to share a message that I, I just want to look at a passage very briefly. In Matthew 2 that we read. My message is, uh, what is your response to Christmas? What is your response? Uh, When I look at this passage, I saw three critical responses to the birth of Jesus Christ. And when I look at us today, even today, we are somehow responding the same way. There were three distinct responses in this story. Uh, The powerful, powerful story. Those of us who are you know, familiar with the story have read the scripture. This is a very familiar story to us uh, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 2 through 12. It uh, talks about uh, uh, you know, the, the Magi uh, who, uh, who wanted to go visit Jesus, and it describes also the uh, King Herod responses. All right, when, uh, when he heard about King Jesus. Uh, you know, the king of the Jews that was born. And we saw also the chief priests and the teachers. They also had their own response. So somehow, everybody responded to Jesus. And today, everyone is responding to Jesus. And in this season of Christmas, I'm hoping we are responding correctly. Mostly, I'm hoping our response to uh, the, the, the story of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the, the life of Jesus is the correct response. I'll first of all point out a few things in the story. Many people read these stories, and there are a lot of assumptions. So these stories have been wrong. First of all, people think it's, there are three wise men. The Bible never said there were three wise men. The Bible only mentioned that they brought three gifts. Some people kind of like, you know, just infer that there were three. We don't know the number of them. Uh, there's also an assumption that they visited Jesus in the manger. They didn't visit Jesus in the manger. They visited Jesus in the house. In fact, this story actually, as at the time of this story, Jesus had been born about almost two years. Uh, at least it's after some time. Uh, the assumption is almost two years. 
because by the time Herod found out, he found out the baby was born like two years ago almost, approximately. So decided to kill all the babies that are two years and below. Uh, but apart from the details of the story, it's not that important. I just want to really address uh, the three distinct responses that we see here. The first response to Jesus was the intellectual response of the religious leaders. I mean, if you see Matthew chapter 2, where in the passage verse 4, when he had called together, first of all, let's go to verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law. So the religious leaders, the teachers of the law, he called them and asked them where the Messiah was to be born. I mean, first of all, Herod had to be really mentally healed. Uh, for you to really believe that a child is a threat to you, right? I mean, you're an adult, a child is born. Even if the child were to be king, you'd probably be dead before the child is uh, grown, you know, grown enough. But, you know, there's a lot of mentally disturbed people that you can see here, or demonic people here that you can see. So it was that threatening that he had to take such a drastic act. So he called all the chief priests and teachers and asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And look at verse 5. They responded in Bethlehem, Judea, they replied. But this is what the prophets, prophet had, had, has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, have by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people of Israel. Wow. And they were actually quoting from uh, Micah, I believe, one of the scriptures there, uh, Micah 5.2, they are quoting from. But I want you to look at how they responded. They knew the right answers. I mean, they knew, I mean, it's like they didn't even have to go prepare. They didn't even have to go research. I mean, they exactly, okay, where was Messiah going to be born? And they just began to just give him, this is what the prophet said, we know exactly. But they did nothing. Beyond just knowing, they did nothing. No response, no worship. No, let's go look for him. No, let's go find out. No, what was supposed to be our response. I mean, everything about them is just intellectual. That was their response. They knew the right answer, but they didn't do anything about it. There was no record that they rejoiced. There was no record that they visited. There was no record that they, they worshipped. They nothing. Just intellectual. And I'm afraid many of us are responding to Christ the same way today. Just intellectual, with nothing. We know the right thing to do. We know, we know everything about Jesus. We know, I mean, we, can, we know the scripture. Oh, he died for me, he paid the price. But what have you done with that? What have you done with that knowledge that you know? Many of us, you've been in church for a long time. You know the stories, the story of Jesus, the story of him, the story of what he did, the story of everything. That's not new to you. In fact, you can finish those stories before anybody says it. You know that. You know church back and forth. But what, how has it affected you? What is your response? And I'm hoping that we're going to just switch from just our intellectual response to the kind of response that God want us to be in Jesus' name. That's because knowing the truth doesn't save. 
In fact, the Bible says knowledge pops up. You know, knowledge makes us proud. Just knowledge alone is useless. You know, in fact, the Bible says even the devil, they know. They know the truth, right? What makes the difference? He won't do it. And he knows. You know, but James chapter 2 makes reference to that, that even demons know and they tremble, all right? But we, we shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't be people who just know and do nothing. In Matthew 23, verse 4, the Bible was, Jesus was scolding the Pharisees. He said, you tie up everybody and lay them on men's shoulder, but you yourself, you are willing to move them with so much as a finger. But we know. We know what everybody should do. Isn't that our, sometimes, our hindrance to God is our intellectual knowledge. Because we know, we are familiar. But it, it, hasn't, it hasn't broken our heart. There's no repentance. I mean, we know. I mean, we were singing this morning. I mean, there's no mountain. It won't climb up, right? We're singing, you know, about the love of God. I mean, we're singing about all those songs. I mean, that's how much he did for us. I mean, has that moved you to do anything? Has that gone beyond just intellectual knowledge of I know? I know, I know the story. Nobody, nobody can really bamboozle me. A lot of time, that even gets in the way of our responding to God. Are we responding? Are we doing anything? Those who just know and do not do, isn't that what the Bible says? We should not just be hearers and not just doers. We should not just be people who know, who are familiar, who understand, who know everything, but we are not responding. And that's my, inquiry, my question for you today. Do you just know the right thing about the birth of Jesus and haven't done anything? Have you repented of your sins? Have you trusted Jesus correctly? Do you really believe that his coming is about you? Do you really believe that he wants you to do something about that knowledge? I want you to make sure this season or today, you are making the right response to God. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's look at the, sec- the other set of people. Uh, the other person here. Then Herod called the Magi and secretly, he called them secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. But we know that that wasn't true, right? That's That's a very hypocritical response, right? Very hypocritical. So he, he, he fake this idea that he, he was also interested in worshiping, you know, and he said, wow, wow, that's awesome. Wow, wow, praise the Lord. The child has been born. Wow. You know, I also like to go and worship him. Can you please find out? Once you find out where he is, come and tell me. I'm going to also go and worship him. 
but it was an agenda-driven worship. Yeah? And some of us, many people also are responding to Jesus like that today. Right? Our agenda is not as dark as that of as Herod. Herod's agenda was to kill, not to worship. But I wonder if many of us also, our response is agenda-driven. It's about us. It's not about him. I wonder if we come to church just to fulfill something. Some people go to church today just to belong. Some people go to church today, uh, you know, for business connection. Some people look, go to church today. Even for something that at the end of the day, when you open up everything, the idea is not to glorify God. It is agenda-laden, agenda-driven that is not focused on God. I'm praying that this Christmas we're going, to, we're going to turn that around. We're going to destroy every personal agenda. Our worship is going to be real, pure, you know, pure offering to God that is not hypocritical. We're not, we're not going to be pretenders. We're not just going to be people who come to church as if we really care for God, as if we really love him, as if we really care for him, as if we are really there. No, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to say, no, look, we're going to come to truly seek him, to truly, truly, and our response openly is also going to be our response privately. Hallelujah. That's the difference. When Herod heard, he was disturbed internally. His, his private response was that of hatred, was that of jealousy. But his public response to these people was that of worship. All right? Is your private response to God equal to your public response to him? Are you one of those people that Jesus described, these people honor me with their lips? but their heart is so far from me. He said, in vain do they worship. I pray that your worship will not be in vain. I pray there will be a harmony between your private response to God, your private feeling to God, and your personal feeling. Many people come to church sometimes. I mean, they, it looks like they really love the church, but when they go home, they say something completely different. You know, completely different. Completely different. They are feeling, they, you know, some people are in church, they even hardly believe God. And they have a very negative feeling to him. You know, I'm praying that, you know, God will destroy every negative agenda. But sometimes we are not in control of them. Sometimes they come, there are influences that we've had, you know, they are just as a result of our evil heart that we have naturally as human. I'm praying that God will purify our agenda, our motives, so they are in line with him in the mighty name of Jesus. So every time we come to church, we must always ask ourselves, why am I here? What have I come for? Am I here to really worship? Or am I here to just get, to just get something for myself? Make sure you are not using God as a cover-up for your own personal agenda. Make sure your response to him is not hypocritical. And let's look at the third response, which is where we should be. Look at the third set of people from verse 10. Hallelujah. Verse 10. 
when they saw, these are the magi now, the three wise men, the wise men rather. He said, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. It wasn't just joy. It was overjoyed. The Greek word actually could be interpreted as mega joy. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented with him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. We see a, a genuine worship here. We see, we see a genuine response. That's the kind of response that God is looking for. No wonder they were called wise. Wise men still worship Jesus today. And look at the element of their response. There are about four or so. The Bible talks about heartfelt joy. They were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. It's not just a religious ritual. It was heartfelt. It was not something that they just, it was not routine for them. This is not just a routine uh, kind of an experience. This is not just, oh, I'm just going to church because I have to. Oh, I'm just doing some religious stuff. No, no, no. This is worship from the heart. Our response to Jesus must be worship from the heart. If we truly know who he means to us, if we truly know our salvation depends on him, if we truly know the kind of sacrifice, if we truly know what Jesus means, our true response will be a heartfelt joy. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you, do you respond to God with a heartfelt joy? Or are you just going through motions? Do you, do you, do you just, are you in awe of him? This morning I was just meditating on that song, uh, you know, may, may we never lose our, when I was praying, Lord, I don't want to lose your wonder. There's something about God, I mean, there's something about just being familiar that you just, you're so used to it. No, you get so used to God. You get so used to the Bible that, you know, what is there? I mean, you can, you can read it before they read it. I mean, you, you don't get any, there's no wonder, there's no awe, there's no excitement, there's no revelation. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing exciting about it. It's, for some of you, it's so boring because it's not heartfelt. I pray that, you know, you will respond this Christmas with a heartfelt joy. Joy about what Jesus has done for us. The next thing we'll see in verse 11 is they fell to the ground and worship. You see, this is humility. Real worship involves humbling ourselves before God. True resp- real worship is there's no pride in real worship. You can, because you can't serve two masters, Right? You can do both Jesus and worship yourself at the same time. No. You must keep your pride aside if you truly want to worship God. Let me ask you, when was the last time you humbled yourself in worship? 
When was the last time you got down your knees? Because you just feel so small and God feels so great. You know, that's, that's really it. When was the last time you went to the altar for an invitation? When was the last time genuine worship led you to, to really just break down before God in humility? Because you just see his awesomeness. When was the last time? Because, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that emotional, people. That's not true. You are. When you are watching your best shows. <laughs> right? You see the guys that say, oh, yeah, we are not that emotional. So, oh, yeah, when they are watching football, they are, they are kicking everybody. They are, they are jumping up. They're excited. But in God's house, they are not. They are just, oh, yeah, yeah, that's for women, those smooshy, mushy. You know, but worship must bring us before God, must take us to a place of humility, real worship. These are wise men. These were the best people. These were, these were, these were the most brilliant people who studied the star, who studied astronomy, who studied, I mean, these were like the, most brilliant people of those days. These were not just common people. But understanding who Jesus, and this is now before a baby. I mean, now we have the privilege of knowing that it wasn't just a baby. Can you imagine how ridiculous it is that, you know, somebody just had a baby, like a baby that can't talk, and you are, people are bowing down before the baby. I mean, wouldn't that look really ridiculous? But they knew. I mean, we, we have a privilege you now that Jesus ain't just a baby, right? I mean, we have, I mean, at this point, he had not even worked any miracle. He hadn't saved any soul. He hasn't worked on water. He hasn't done any of those things. Yet, they responded in humility, bowing down before Jesus. If we can bow down now, wow, our pride is huge. I think we must repent of that. And say, God, please break our heart with what break yours. Help us to truly be humble in our response and our worship. Help us to truly be able to stand in awe of you. Because we recognize what you mean and what you have done for us. Praise the name of Jesus. Look at the next thing they did. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gift of gold, frankincense. And I want you to know they opened treasure. They didn't just, this is treasure. Something that is important of value. Giving is very critical. It's it's the most famous part of the story, that they gave gifts. I mean, this is what leads to, this is what led to the common uh, uh, um, uh, custom or habit of us exchanging gifts you know, during Christmas, uh, because you know that presents or gifts were exchanged. Yeah, and that's true. If you truly love, you will give. Giving is always a response from the beginning of the Bible. Cain and Abel gave sacrifices, right? From Abraham, from almost everybody. Jesus, everyone. Giving is always a response of our true love, of our true affection, of our true reverence 
for God. If a person is not eager to give, it is one of the biggest giveaway signs that something is not right in the heart towards God. Christianity is not all about money. I don't want you to get me wrong. And we don't emphasize that here. Right? It is not, it's not, you know, you know some, some people are very, uh, I don't also believe that. But the truth is, if I want to be honest with you, and I'm going to be, the truth is, money is a thermometer. It's a tool to show your spiritual temperature, what is in your heart. If you're someone that can't give to God, you argue with tithing, you argue with giving, you know, you know, we say, oh, you know, this, I'm not, you know, you're not able to give treasure to God. It's a sign that some, the heart is not broken yet. God hasn't reached your heart because the scripture says where your heart is, your treasure will go. I mean, just imagine you have a wife, even a girlfriend, and you say, I, I just love you so much, you are just... You, are, you mean everything to me. You are so wonderful, but you can't part with your wallet. You can buy a gift. You go to a restaurant. You are saying, how do we split the bill? <laughs> Ladies, don't go for that kind of thing. Don't rationalize it at all. Don't say, oh, don't say, oh this is new age, you know. You know no, there's, there's, no, there's nothing new when it comes to men and women. There's nothing new. I mean, that's, that's the fact. No matter how broke he is, he should go and borrow money from his friends and take you out. And trust me, guys, we can lend money for our friends if he's going to make him look good, right? We can give him 50 bucks to take his girlfriend to a nice dinner, right? But if he, if he can't go through that for you, he's saying, you know what, I'm broke. Uh, you know, I haven't gotten paid. Will you mind paying the bills? Pain, uh, something is wrong. Hallelujah. But just imagine to God, how will you sing all these songs about loving God? How? How is it possible that you sing all these songs about loving God, about God means so much to you, everything I have comes from God, and when it comes to giving him treasure, you start making arguments. You start saying, oh, yeah, I don't mean it like that, God. You know, you're not as important. You know, you're not. He's not. He hasn't reached to that point. It's because he hasn't got into your heart. You saw them. Wasted no time. And I want you to remind you, these are wise men. These are smart people. These are intellectual people. These are people that could rationalize. How does a baby need gold? No. I mean, they should be able to say, you know, what does a baby need? I mean, baby powder, you know, some diapers, you know, some, some uh, you know, what does a baby need? Uh, yeah, let's, let's buy some pacifier, you know, and just, and just dump it on the baby and move on. They brought gold. This is not, I mean, they brought gold. They opened treasure. You know what gold meant in those days? It still means a lot today, right? They brought Expensive perfume, frankincense. I mean, that's what a lot of time in those days, people use this perfume as a way of investing. 
because they are so expensive. So they have them. They don't even use them because they, they appreciate with time. They brought that. They brought more. And they gave them to the baby. Sometimes giving don't make sense. But because they are a reflection of our heart, we do it for God. Don't be confused by people who try to confuse you. They go on Facebook. Many of them are not even born again Christian. Many of them don't even know. The way they just, the fruit of their life will show you that they don't have fruit to show that these are the people to follow. Praise the name of Jesus. Giving. Number, last one, obedience. Verse 12 says, And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. And they were obedient. Let's look at the four things. What are the four elements? Heartfelt joy, right? Number two, humility. Number three, giving. And number four, what? Obedience. Obedience is actually responding to God's word. When you are a true worshiper, you will hear the voice of God. When you are a true, one thing about worship, worship confers on you some secret of God. And it's your responsibility to do something with that secret. God instructs you. God tells you to do things. God tells you, you know, this is not good for you. I need you to change your ways. I need you to stop this. I need you to stop doing this. I need, if you are a worshiper, you will hear the voice of God. And the voice of God, you must respond to that by obeying the voice of God. And the Magi played a very critical role because of their obedience to God. All right? Just imagine they didn't obey. Just imagine they didn't do what, uh, what God told them. It could have been a different story. I mean, God will still come and protect his son, but it would be a di- different story about them that they betrayed Jesus. All right? I wonder how many of us are living a life of betraying Jesus because of our obedience. I wonder how many of us is through our life, the name of Jesus is being blasphemed at our places of work, friends we have, your friends online, on Facebook, on Instagram. You know, they hear that that this is a born-again Christian. They are like, born what? With all those crazy things she posts or he posts or he says, how can you even claim you're a born-again Christian? Many of you don't even post Christian stuff because you yourself know you are, you are not. Online, you are not born again. In church, I'm born again. So when we see you, are, is he, are you your online self or your real self? But obedience is very important. Obedience to God's word is critical. And I'm going to wrap up today by asking you, what is your response? I hope... You're not responding like those intellectual, religious folks. We just know, no response, no worship. I hope you're not even worse, like Herod, with a personal agenda, but pretending that you love Jesus. I hope you're going to join the group of wise men who responded correctly. He might not look wise, 
in the sight of the world, but as far as God is concerned, that is wisdom. I'd like to wrap up by having us bow down. Let's bow down our heads. If there's anyone here today, you like to respond correctly. You know you have not been responding correctly. But you want to say, today I am glad I'm here. And by God's grace, I'm responding. And you'd like me to pray for you. Can you please lift up your right hand? I'd like to pray for you. You want to say, you know what, I'm, re- I'm, ch- I'm responding correctly. God bless you. God bless you. There must be somebody else. Thank you. God bless you. Any other person here? Thank you. God bless you. Can you stand up where you are so at least I know who I'm praying for? I'd like to pray for you. Just stand up where you are. Thank you. God bless you. You raise your hand. Please stand up. Please stand up. I think there is more. I'm going to give uh, 10 more seconds. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to respond like the wise man. Any other person? I'll give 10 more seconds. If you're in the congregation, please don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Thank you. Uh, People uh, standing. I want you to place your hands on your chest. Thank you. We have one more person. God bless you. I want you to put your hands on your chest. And I'm just going to lead you in the prayer. I want to say, Jesus, I thank you. Because you died for me. Because you paid it all for me. And because of that, today I'm responding accurately. Today I am giving you my whole life. No more pretense. No more hypocrisy. No more personal agenda. I want you to have your way in my life. Lord, come and have your way. I give you all my heart, my mind my money, my career, my future. It all belongs to you. Use it for your glory. Help me to be like those wise men who worship you. Heartfelt joy. Who worship you with humility. Who worship you with their treasure. And who worship you with a life of obedience. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seat. I want all of us to just pray. Can we bow down our heads and pray? Can we ask him, Lord, I want to be counted among the wise men. I want to be counted wise. Help me to always respond rightly. Rightly. Help me to always respond rightly. Thank you. Lord, help us to always respond rightly. To always, always respond with an attitude of joy, worship, humility, giving, and obedience. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.